Welcome to Psychedelic Radio. I'm Christina Thomas, the president and founder of Myself Wellness, and my co-host is Charles Patty. Together, we co-founded the Warriors of Consciousness, a not-for-profit to help people gain access to psychedelic ketamine therapy. Together, we are on a mission to help save and transform lives through this treatment. In this podcast, we'll be pushing boundaries, breaking taboos, and shedding light on the use of psychedelic medicines. We want to share expert knowledge and firsthand accounts of those who've experienced transformative psychic shifts using psychedelics. Journeying with us today on this this edition of Psychedelic Radio is Masha Lati. She's a proponent of psychedelics, but it wasn't until she experienced ayahuasca and washuma in a ceremonial setting that she became inspired to take on the mantle as a healer and spiritual teacher. She has a background in psychology, and it's her mission to help others awaken to the power of the cosmos inside them, both through the use of psychedelics and the initiation on their spiritual path. Welcome, Masha. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Your wall matches our wall. Yeah. Got some synchronicities going already. <laughs> yes. My that I love that you already brought synchronicities into the conversation because it's literally like my entire life. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, me too. I feel like especially after ayahuasca, it's like everything pops up in this pattern. And I feel like I'm picking out different symbols in my life that appear consistently with like a special message and it's like paying attention to that is guiding me and in my intuition so much more clearly. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny because like, I felt like, like after, like after I was really tapping in the higher states of consciousness, the more I've noticed the synchronicities more and more. And like, you know, even our entire company where we do psychedelic ketamine therapy, it's like our entire company was like, you know, put together through synchronicities. But the more I look back at, the past now it's always been synchronistic you know it's like this is the i tell people this is the evolution of consciousness it, it, it's like the the synchronistic flow of the evolution of consciousness it's like the domino effect and it's always been at play it's just we didn't know it at first you know yeah totally i mean we're a species with amnesia you know like we've definitely had a long long history that's been completely annihilated because of geoglobal catastrophes throughout the past hundreds of thousands of years i mean depending on your belief system me personally i think humans are as old as five hundred thousand years old and you know, with all of the uh, like cataclysmic events that Earth has faced, you know, we have ancient civilizations that have collapsed and been forgotten to history. What kind of consciousness and what kind of elevated uh, perspective did we humans have, you know, in the past and that we still retain because we have that genetic code? No, I, I love that. And that, and I also love the humans with amnesia because the thing is, it's like, I'm I'm a big believer in that. And I actually had a profound DMT experience that really like woke me up to exactly what I had forgotten for so long. But I guess we can talk about that kind of stuff later. But the first question I always kind of start these podcasts with and, and Christina touched on it on your bio a little bit, but what what sparked your passion for this field? What what ignited the flame and really got you interested in, you know, talking or, or with about psychedelics, but also, you know, like with helping people on their on their own healing journeys and of, of awakening? Yeah, thank you. That's a really insightful question. Um, well, it really started uh, in college. I was going through a really heavy dark depression phase, um, an existential crisis, just like 
feeling so hopeless and so um, at odds with the world around me, especially uh, because I was uh, starting to learn about like the genuine evil that exists in the world, you know, like how, how many people are discriminated against, killed for, you know, their religious beliefs or for their skin color or for whatever reason that ultimately comes down to people and power and authority trying to usurp our individuality and um, make things, make the world in their own image. And, it's a really antiquated uh, phenomenon of human uh, like greed. <laughs> and so it really like propelled me into like this really deep crisis of faith and like, well, what's the point of existing if my individual efforts amount to literally a drop in the middle of an ocean? And so um, I started experimenting with psychedelics in college and I started realizing like, just how connected we all are. And it was a real starting point for me to dive into different religious systems. Like I started learning about Buddhism and Hinduism. And I feel really that Eastern philosophies really grasp onto the idea of the evolution of consciousness much more than Western civilizations or Western religions do because it's very top down for Western religions as opposed to bottom up with the Eastern philosophies. And so after really diving into that, I, I feel like I reconnected with my faith um, and my belief in um, divinity, like in general, like I don't necessarily believe in God, but I believe that divinity can be called God and the universal consciousness and the universal force around us is the macrocosm of our inner microcosm. And, you know, we are made of the same stuff as the stars. And so it goes to show that we also follow the same systems and patterns that we're able to connect to uh, the same wavelengths and the same energetic signatures as everything around us. And if only we can tap into that, um, that we can find and individuate ourselves from like this collective illusion um, that's been cast uh through our egos and through a uh, projection of uh, ego, especially with people in positions of power. Um, and so it really started this passion for me to like, first of all, individuate. And then second of all, to show people that they can do that too. Like it's within everybody's power to break away from the system and the norms and the um, ideologies and values and dogmas that have been indoctrinated into us. And like, we can make our own reality. Um, and I think that's a really powerful thing that has really propelled me into this space. I love it. Checking out of the matrix. I feel like I'm listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the truth though. You know, I think that, you know, the biggest, um, the biggest lie is that there's some sort of separation, you know, like we're all it. And I mean, and you can put the label of God or consciousness or whatever it really is, but you know, we are that ocean that you talk about and, and, and there is no, like, there's, you know, it's just like, we're all a part of it. And I think that, you know, the dogmatic things that you were talking about that really show this, you know, hierarchy and, and all of that, it, it really doesn't exist. And it's all just a ploy to keep us separate and, and keep us from realizing our own divinity. So we're on the same page. I love this. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And to your point, um, you know, 
I've always found like, uh, especially Western religions, like uh, the priesthood and uh, the Pope, <laughs> it's all gatekeeping, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, only the Pope has the true word of God. <laughs> so we must look to him for, you know, for it. You know, it's like to... So like, I always think like, you know, it's important to like shine your light. I think that like, you know, there's this energetic communion where, or like energetic attraction where like people are attracted to an energy, especially at a high vibration. But the thing is, is like, even like gurus or a priest or something, I, I like, I, I think that like, it's really important for people to know that you shouldn't ever put anybody on a pedestal because we're all it. And once you really like understand the universe and how it works, it's like we're all it, it it's we're all in contact with it. We don't you don't need anybody else to get these messages and decipher them for you. It's like you know, you're the universe speaking to me right now and vice versa. Like there were we there's every single person that we meet or we run across in our lives is just a reflection of us like we're all a reflection of each other of each other if i see something in somebody that that annoys me or or it triggers me somehow most likely it's something that i need to work on in myself that's my ego going at it and actually being able to sit back and take that observer point and and really watch things for what they are and realize that this is all just a mirror so we can evolve into these higher states of consciousness and and actually have these awakening experiences experiences i'm a i'm a firm believer that you know we lived in a in a place of duality for a really long time and that this has actually been that synchronistic flow to the evolution of a place of non-duality but you know i think that there are no coincidences everything is in divine order it always has been and you know sometimes not sometimes you have to have chaos before beauty because that's what triggers the awakening and shows us we what we need to learn from in order to get to a place of non-duality oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it just makes me think of uh like how in the age of pisces uh we had the emergence of you know the jesus christ figure and if you think about pisces as being that yin and yang fish um that is the essence of duality it's like that playfulness and integration of duality but then moving into aquarius aquarius is the water bearer and the water bearer represents all things and universal consciousness and a collective communion with the universal consciousness. And so we're definitely transitioning more as a collective into this exactly what you're talking about, which is absolutely incredible. Love it. No, yeah. yeah. No, you know, I, I think that I don't even think anymore. Like I know, like, you know, like there's a lot of things that have been happening in the last few years and people are like, Oh my gosh, this is like crazy. This is the end of everything. Or, or like, this is like, like God's punishing us somehow or something like that. But when you actually like take a step back from there's something that's punishing us and that we're all it, that, you know, this is the, a lot of the things that have happened over the course of the last few years, it's like the the frog and boil, boiling water scenario. Okay. I, that's what my belief is, is that like, if we would have kept going the way that we were going, we would have been simmered until we got cooked. And I think that sometimes the heat has to be turned on. So you actually feel the burn so you can jump out of the water before you get cooked. And, you know, it, it, if you really, you know, 
take a look, take a step back and, and, and look at it from that perspective, things start to make more sense. You know, I think for a lot of years in my life, like I personally suffered from addiction and alcoholism. I was self-medicating and psychedelics took me out of that place along with meditation and healthy lifestyle changes. But the thing is, is that I used to take things so personally, like, like when I couldn't get sober and I, and my life was a train wreck, you know, I'd look up in the sky and I'd be like, why, like, why are you doing this to me? How come I can't be normal? Like, how come, you know, like, and what is normal? But the truth is, is that there was no punishment this because we're all it like it's like there was nothing trying to hurt me or whatever this was actually and a lot of enlightened masters and, and people talk about this it's like awakening comes through suffering like we have to go through that dark stuff to realize that we're the light but you know as cliche as it sounds without you know without a bad day we wouldn't know what a good day is and i think that that was one of the most important lessons other than learning how to love myself that psychedelics really taught me that was like i don't need to take anything so personally anymore or try not to you know charles is just a concept there is no separation it's just like i i am the i am and so are you so the more i can sit back watch everything play out and observe it without getting too emotionally attached to it and just watch the synchronistic flow of everything play out you know the 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 easier the ride's gonna be you know yeah totally and what you said reminded me of uh, a friend of mine who told me something really profound. Um, he was saying that the greatest pain that we face is when we feel disconnected from divinity. And that is exactly the source of our suffering is, is being disconnected from that divine space within us, that uh, creative force, that inner power, and that uh, that place where we have lost our memory. <laughs> and, you know, when when we start realigning to that, it's almost like, the puzzle pieces start fitting together and all of a sudden like wow we can reframe um limiting self-beliefs wow we can take things less personally and we can see that we are just uh people who have the ability to use compassion as a force for connection rather than a force of debilitation like that's something that i definitely struggled a lot with was like i felt so much compassion for the world and for the suffering of other people that i just like could not handle it i was like this is too much like why why does suffering exist <laughs> and really compassion is holding space and that's something that i really enjoy about um learning about the bodhisattva warriors and buddhism is uh, people tend to think that the bodhisattva warriors have rejected enlightenment so that they can help uh, humanity reach enlightenment themselves. But it's far from the case. Uh, really what the bodhisattva warriors are all about is having compassion and holding space for the suffering of others and to show them that when you take compassion uh, and breathe in their suffering as the bodhisattva warrior, you breathe out the nothingness or the no thingness of our existence. It's not that it there's nothing as in it's zero or zilch. It just means that universal consciousness and the existence of all things exists in a space of pure potential and that there's nothing in terms of like, you can create anything from that. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> so 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 let's so let's talk about the work that you're doing a little bit. What's what 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 are you up to? 
So I'm starting up my blog. Um, so primarily working on spiritual topics and uh, talking about different modalities by which you can start a, a, a series of self-inquiry questions um, in initiating yourself on the spiritual path through this uh, examination of who you are as a person. Um, and primarily through the tarot, because I am very passionate about the tarot. And it's uh, a really interesting deck of cards that I consider an ideogram. Um, so kind of like the Christian cross or the yin yang symbol, where when you look at the symbol, you kind of internally understand what it means and what it's all about. Um, it, a tarot card is very much the same way, but it has keys and symbols and uh uh, different remnants of our ancient history that are coded into the different cards and the different imagery that you see on them. And so like when you use them to read, um, especially when you're asking questions about yourself, they become like this uh, reflection of the macrocosm. And so like you can read into different subconscious patterns, you can read into uh, different synchronicities that might be coming up it's almost like they're linked to everything else that's happening in your world and you know oftentimes like whenever I read for myself I notice I'll pick out I'll, I'll get cards that have symbols like um, lately it's been an owl for me owl symbolism and so like I'll get owl symbols on my tarot cards and then I'll know oh okay it's referring to that you know that owl that I've been seeing lately and hearing lately so um, yeah I'm really trying to emphasize in the spiritual community that like psychic hotline stuff is kind of uh capitalist bs <laughs> um because people Miss they Leo. oh she's dead <laughs> <laughs> same thing it's it's stinky you know like i worked for a psychic hotline for a little while and i would get crazy questions like Hi, my boyfriend, uh, my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's husband has been reaching out to me. Um, and I really want to know, like, do we have a connection? <laughs> and it's like these really convoluted situations, usually about love. And, you know, everybody's on their own journey and there's no judgment there. You, you know, we're all trying to figure our shit out and that's fine. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. But like the point is, is uh, it, it you get only like two or three minutes to elaborate on this complicated question using like a quick draw of the tarot and it's so superficial and it doesn't really dive into like, okay, well, let's talk about you for a second. Like maybe you have some things that you need to like internally restructure and reorganize so that you're not putting yourself into situations where you devalue yourself and and get into relationships that hurt you you know like but you can't really do that on a psychic hotline and it's really up to us right like we we can only do what we desire to do um we can only embark on the journeys that we decide to take um and so i'm really catering to the people who are already taking that step into self-inquiry. Like, I'm not a therapist. I have a psychology background, but I'm not a, a professional therapist. So I can't, I can't really get people in that, like, more raw, vulnerable state. But I can definitely reach out and connect with people who have already kind of made some uh, amends and are ready to take that next step in their spiritual evolution. No, I think it's like, you know, like I don't have a medical background. I'm not a therapist. I'm a guy who, 
healed myself from a million different things. And and I think that actually like that's probably one of the most important people to actually help people on their journeys. You know, it's like the people that have actually been through it themselves. It's when you have a the ability to actually relate to somebody and and let them know you've been where they're at. And even when people are just hungry for information or, or they're trying to do this kind of self-exploratory kind of things, like, you know, it's like being there to let somebody know that they're not alone and that everything's going to be okay and that it's hard to see it for what it is right now, but everything is perfect and it always has been. You know, I think that I think that that's a really important role that you're playing. Thank you. Yeah. And I think my favorite part about all of this is the astrology component. Like um, in addition to tarot, like I have a huge passion in astrology and I'm still a journeyman. Um, I know enough to be dangerous, uh, but I do know enough to help other people like uh, understand what's going on in their natal chart um, and give them uh, enough of a uh, explanation for why things are the way they are and what they need to do and what they need to focus on based on their chart. And I think uh, it's a really interesting thing because, you know, we have these giant planetary bodies surrounding us with their electromagnetic fields, pushing and pulling with their gravitational forces. And they create this imprint you know, on the day that you're born, it's like this signature, this energetic signature that you're just born with. And it becomes this like starting point blueprint for your soul's journey. And I think that there's a lot that we could learn from, uh, especially because the ancients used astrology and astronomy for more than what we do now, like beyond just self-inquiry, they used it to predict events. They used it for political decisions. They used it for agriculture. They used it for uh, determining when to have a child. <laughs> I mean, there are so many different use cases for it. And uh, it's being in communion with the world around us, not just limiting ourselves to this earthly sphere, because we are part of this big giant solar system. <laughs> and that definitely has its effect on us. And so I like to do a, a reading called The Dark Stranger. Um, and uh, that explores our shadow sides, our um, what are the things that we hide and what are the things that we're ashamed of? And how do we approach that dark stranger? And how do we make amends with it? How do we embrace it and give it the love and compassion that it needs that maybe it was missing. Um, and so that's another big thing that I'm working on in this, in this field. That's super interesting. I want to do a reading. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. And I just, yeah, to touch back on what you said, I mean, the, the people of our ancient times were just so into astronomy. And if you look at all of these like megalithic sites, they're all lined up to different stars. And there has to be a reason for that because it's not just like one, maybe two things. It's like all of these giant sites all are all like perfectly in line with different star systems. No, yeah. And I, why? I, There's a reason for that. They, you know, yes. <laughs> they, they knew they knew so much back then, and then all of a sudden they like don't know you know, anything. Put the hush on it and, and took it out of the equation, and then put everybody back to sleep again or something. You know, I'm a big. I think that I think a long time ago we were much more hip to what actually is going on than what the majority of the masses is hip to these days, for sure. Or maybe there's a certain few that still know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, I just started. What was what's that show? Ancient Apocalypse with Graham Hancock. I started watching that. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. So it's it's a cool show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I just finished watching it too. I'm like, I, it, I also watch a lot of uh, Matthew Lacroix. I don't know if you guys know of him, um, but he talks a lot about um, ancient civilizations, uh, and he researches uh, the ancient Sumerian tablets. Um, like the Enuma Eilish uh, and uh, Gilgamesh, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, and the Atrahesis, uh, all of these very key um, tablets that describe like the origin of the human species. And um, he also goes into very great detail about the megalithic structures. And like one thing that um, I find very interesting about them is that not only are they cross-culturally also telling the same story, but some of these symbols that come up, uh, particularly the snake and the eagle and like the battle between the snake and the eagle and whether or not, you know, you believe it's the Anunnaki, like I personally definitely believe in aliens. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, it's impossible in this great big universe that we're alone. Um, as far as whether or not those aliens have genetically modified uh this particular species of humans i don't know <laughs> um but the fact is is that we still have these containers of uh, knowledge that are symbolized through this fight between the snake and the eagle and so we see the snake of knowledge and the eagle of of battle and ego constantly battling it out and like it's interesting to me that uh, the snake in particular is demonized in uh, Christian culture uh, with uh, the snake representing Lucifer giving uh, Eve the, the apple of knowledge. And why? Why has it been so demonized in this way? Like, why is knowledge and uh, this connection to the divine um, being hidden away? And to what purpose, you know? Well, and why are all of these ancient tablets that you know, basically decipher the origin of man, why aren't they really being studied and why isn't more light being shown on them? And like the emerald tablets and I don't know. It's it's it's, it, it's fascinating to me. For sure. <laughs> you know, and, and and another thing that you just tapped in on is like there's actually with with the whole the the snake and the tree of knowledge and all of that and it, lucifer supposedly the whole like if you actually google it there's a picture of an ancient piece of artwork and it's from hundreds of years ago and it's basically that the snake is on this giant mushroom tree and like <laughs> and, and like and and i think it's kind of profound because you know it's like i actually think that that's true i think that you know maybe that the mushrooms it, it like and in, in a dogmatic way, like this was the forbidden fruit. And it's because they wanted to scare people from becoming aware of their own divinity. It's like, oh, don't take this because this is what you're not supposed to do. When in actuality, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. He's like, maybe the way to talk to God is to like, you know, eat a bag of mushrooms and meditate. And like, and I'm actually a huge believer in that because I've had some extremely divine experiences on psychedelic compounds before. You know, it's funny. We actually just had one of our clients that we were treating through the process of his uh, ketamine treatments. And we do psychedelic doses of ketamine, mostly intermuscular shots. So these are, you know, it's like an hour long ayahuasca session or a DMT experience. And one of the guys that we just treated was telling me that during his experience, 
he saw all of these green tablets in front of him and they had all of these different markings and he was trying to decipher it and figure it out. So I think it's like kind of just how, how synchronistic is it that we're sitting here having a tablet conversation. And I literally just had one two days ago with one of our clients. It's like, there were all these tablets everywhere and they had all these like hieroglyphs and stuff on them. And I got to try to figure out what's going on here. So just, just through that, just wanted to throw it out there because it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) I love that. And I love the idea of the mushroom being the forbidden fruit. (laughs) It's so true. I I think it is, you know, like, listen, even like biblically, like when they talk about mana, like it appeared in the morning and was gone by night and everybody was eating it and they were having direct contact with God, like what appears in the morning and is gone by night, it's a mushroom, you know, it dries out in the sun and then it's gone. So like, you know, I've I've had some macro dose five and six gram mushroom trips where I've had very similar experiences to that before and actually became one with God and became one with everything. So I think that, you know, if you really look at it from that perspective, there's a good possibility that it there's is a lot of psychedelic references in the Bible. hundred <laughs> percent. Listen, like we, we won't get too into it, but like, honestly, like I, I, I am a huge believer that a lot of the biblical stories are allegorically about psychedelic experiences even when you have like moses talking to the burning bush which was most likely an acacia bush that got struck by lightning or something it was on fire and it contains massive amounts of natural dmt in it so you know it's like (laughs) there's a a doctor dr jerry brown and he wrote um a book that escapes my mind right now but it's it's i think it's called the psychedelic gospels and it's basically about christianity and psychedelic compounds and how there's a distinct possibility that a lot of these experiences that people were having were actually stemmed from psychedelic experiences yeah i if you think about it fungus is an alien um like we the earth didn't see fungus and and the earth was completely barren and completely rock um and it wasn't until fungus came down on an asteroid and was able to actually eat all the rock and create soil that life as we know it even exists in the first place <laughs> yeah for sure i think i mean i know i've heard like you know long long time ago i'm talking about eons like there were like 150 foot mushrooms on this planet at one point or something like like massive fungus everywhere and i think that you know i think that I think that mushroom, taking it back to the mushrooms and not even like maybe psychedelic mushrooms, but just in general, mushrooms in general, I think that we're going to find that the healing properties of of these fungi are actually going to completely change the way that we go about, you know, using a lot of the medicine we do in, in Western society. I, I hope so, because um, our pharmaceutical industry is uh, a little little out of bounds <laughs> for sure no we, they're we, trying to change it yeah no we, we you know like we're a holistic wellness center that uses ketamine to get people away from their pharmaceutical medications we're, we're big advocates on you know the natural way because ultimately you know more or less nature doesn't screw it up we do <laughs> yeah i i mean i was on ssris and like gaba reuptake inhibitors because i was so depressed like and the psychiatrists were telling me like, oh, you have bipolar too. So like the, you need Lamotrigine. And I was like, okay, I guess. Um, and the, the education around it, it, it just, it creates this idea that you're the problem. <laughs> and then we need to give you like something to numb yourself so that you don't 
become the cause of your problem again. And it's such a like rigged system that only supports the companies that create those drugs as opposed to genuinely creating preventative uh, uh, regimes and opportunities for a person to like get to the core of their issues and actually solve that. Um, because when I started experimenting with psychedelics and then eventually like actually my ayahuasca ceremony was like the most powerful thing I've ever had. And um <clears throat> I revisited childhood dreams where I had these horrible nightmares as a kid and like they stuck with me my whole life and I entered that dream and I rescued my child self and then we went and played under the stars, you know, all in my head, all this, all these visions, but it was such a powerful reconnection to my wounded childhood self and re-experiencing that connection is what truly helped me heal not not all these psycho psychic or I'm sorry psychiatric medications not all those yeah not all those band-aids it's like actual genuine connection and and acknowledging the pain inside of you instead of pushing it away you know for sure so question if our listeners wanted to contact you or if they wanted like maybe a reading or if they wanted to work with you in some capacity, how would they get a hold of you or how could they find you? Yeah. Um, so I have a website. It's called pishwitch.com. Uh, and that's P-I-S-H-W-I-T-C-H.com. Um, and I have my services there with an email to contact Um and right now I'm using uh, adilaym at gmail.com. That's O-D-D-Y-L-A-Y-M <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, and a description of exactly what we're going to go over is listed on my website. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you to all of our listeners for journeying with us on this edition of Psychedelic Radio. You can download the past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or by subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. To learn more about the Warriors of Consciousness, please follow us on social media and go to WOCFund.org and watch the videos. And if nobody's told you that they love you lately, we We do. do. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.